0: Welcome to Fraggles Rock, the podcast where we read Atlas Rock, the classic libertarian mystery novel from 1957 by Ayn Rand, and watch episodes of Fraggle Rock, a Jim Henson Muppet TV show from the 80s. And why do we do this, you ask? Well, of course, to discover all the deep hidden connections between the two that we are somewhat absolutely convinced are there still. My name is definitely Henrik, and joining me as always is Siegfried.
1: Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Too early to tell, but I'm sure we'll find out on this exciting episode of Fraggle Shrugged.
0: Yeah, it's been a while since last, which seems to be a recurring thing every single time we (laughs) record,
1: actually. Yeah, we pretty much say that every episode. Oh, it's been so long since last we recorded. and That just... Uh, coming out like clockwork. So I don't think the, the listener experiences any of our... Not at all. Like,
0: we can, we can already say now that we have a bit of a backlog when we do this. Uh, yeah. Cheating, breaking the fourth wall here with in the podcast universe. But, but, it, um, but
1: it felt so real. It felt like you out there were listening to us say this right now.
0: Right now. Right now. No, like my voice is a computer-generated voice. I've like ticked out of this project a long time ago. Yeah,
1: yeah. Henrik isn't even alive anymore. I got permission from his estate to use his digital likeness, and uh, boy, I am using it. I'm just a I'm just a voice box in your music studio now. Oh yeah, I'm completely using your digital likeness. In fact, you will be playing Princess Leia in the next Star Wars movie. Oh, well, look forward to I, that. I have not watched a Star Wars movie in a long time. Well, you're going to be in one. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and I don't know if you could hear that. There may be some noise from the street outside, and I may be uh, slightly more boomy than usual. I hope you can uh, deal with it. You have to deal with it, because this is a booming podcast. Yeah, I want to sit in my comfy chair and do this. Yes, I am uh, officially retired.
0: I think that's also kind of on theme here. I, could, I listened back to some of our older podcasts, and you can actually, if you listen closely, dear listener, you can actually hear sometimes some scratching on my end, which is not just me having very long nails, because <laughs> I have a somewhat big dog that will sometime
1: walk in the background. So if you can hear some <laughs> some claws, sometimes it's it's not me. Maybe. And if you can hear some claws from my end, it's... I'm probably scratching holes in the furniture or something, like a feral animal. Like a
0: feral, gaunt, angular animal.
1: Yeah, or like a gawk on the loose, on the prowl.
0: We actually had uh, angular mentioned in this uh, chapter. Oh. Uh, I think it was about a train? I just like, I heard the podcast like, going home in the car, and I was like, oh, they said angular again.
1: <laughs> Well, it's not an, it's not Ayn Rand without Angular being uh, repeatedly used and misused. So that's good. She probably has a checklist for every chapter. She probably has some kind of checklist because this chapter seemed
0: to in some in so many ways phone it the fucking.
1: Oh yeah, she's uh, she's got her formula down and she's just uh, hammering this shit out. With half an eye and half a brain, because boy, this shit is getting repetitive.
0: And also, not to not to spoil anything, but we're nearing just fifty shades of
1: like gray now. Uh, weren't we before? I mean, not even that is new. I mean, really, uh, I, I, if it's gonna keep on going like this, it's gonna be hard to keep doing this podcast because shit, there's 800 pages left and already now it's just every chapter is more of the same. Okay, Hank and Dagnia are being icky and problematic in their quote-unquote romance. We get some John Gold mentions, we get some uh, rants from uh, good and bad guys, you decide who's who, who. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's so much of the same that it's, this had better change up soon because otherwise we're going to run out of cute remarks but we, we kind of already
0: anticipated this when we began the project that at some point we we'll we would hit the wall but i kind of yeah. assumed we'd do it like halfway through the book <laughs> but i'm like slowly nearing that wall where it's just like more of this yeah. empty language and yeah. more of the like the same themes like she doesn't even move beyond the same political th- Themes and oh. ideologies—it's just the same thing repeated over and over again. And maybe this is a technique on her part to like slowly wear us down to be like, maybe, sure, maybe this ultra capitalist thought of hers. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm slowly breaking up, but I'm not really like. I'll, no, I'm kind of disappointed in myself. If anything, that I. I am not more convinced. Like, I, or at least like one of us would be become more and more Randian during the, but no.
1: We're we're too strong of mind. I think it's too much fortitude to be convinced by her cheap arguments.
0: If anything, it's just too cheap. Like, for being this Bible for some people, it's just. The arguments are just not strong enough. It's just, it's just way too vague, and, or not vague, but like they, they yeah.
1: no, she's. I mean, I don't know. She's both uh, incredibly specific and incredibly vague at the same time, right? Yeah, and I know that the, the listeners
0: who are actually on this journey with us, if there's anyone out there and, and are reading the chapters or have read the book, like you'll know what we're talking about. Oh,
1: I don't think anybody is reading the book, and I I, I hesitate to say they should. Actually, maybe it's a firm recommendation, don't.
0: Yeah. I don't know, like I, because there was parts of it that was interesting. But if, just, if you can find an abridged version of this book,
1: maybe that's the oh, way to go. The, they probably take out all the funny lines. Ugh. I, I don't know,
0: man. What, what?
1: Okay, here, here's the recommendation. Listen to the podcast and just sort of skim-read the book. Yes. Just, uh, just don't get too hung up on it. Don't read it twice in a week <laughs> like I do. Why, this like, is...
0: <laughs> for me to even get through the audiobook is tough. <laughs> How the fuck do you sit down with this shit show? Th-
1: this chapter was particularly hard because the it's just so meandering and aimless. Uh, this had the poorest rereading value, I think, so far, mm-hmm. uh, because there are just long stretches of dialogue that that are just okay once you can swallow it because you don't know where it's going so it might be important but on the second go around you know it's not important and you know it's gonna go on forever and it's frustrating. It goes
0: absolutely nowhere and, and doesn't even have shock value anymore because lo and behold spoiler alert there's gonna be mm. like some more weird <laughs> sexual stuff between fucking Daphne and Hank Reardon.
1: Yeah all the all the greatest
0: hits. It is it is weird it is problematic as fuck but it's not anything we haven't read up until now so it's just a they, yeah that they're, they're it doesn't develop into anything it's just well broken hmm. people being broken together i guess but not even yeah. interestingly broken
1: well we are in the end of part one there's one chapter left of part one mm-hmm. and uh at the end of this chapter we do get what feels like a setup for part two. Like, a you know, in a, in a season of TV that doesn't know how many seasons it's going to go on for, mm-hmm. they usually have, like in the big drama thriller shows, they have like a big season arc with some bad guy, a mystery that they have to get to the bottom of. And at the end of the season, they kind of get it but because they've been renewed, they have to make ah. a bigger bad guy behind the bad guy. And oh, the mystery goes much deeper than that. Yeah. And it feels like that. It feels like uh, she's been renewed for another season. So she invents, spoiler alert, a magic motor.
0: Exactly, because they kind <laughs> of accomplished what
1: they wanted to do. Yeah, last chapter was the bigger like finale, and now we're just... Still there? Now
0: it's just fizzling out. them being like, okay, like we can we can just slowly get into the the meat of the ep- episode. This uh, or the chapter. yeah,
1: we've been maybe we've been stalling long enough. Let's if, yeah. uh, let's get it really going. But first, I have a little thing I want to do mm-hmm. because uh, for every episode, I've been trying to drink something different. Yes, and this time around, I've got myself a nice French. Really dry cider that I'm going to drink. Ah. And it has a cork, so I I suspect there's going to be a nice sound now. If I can get this motherfucker open. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Whoa, and there you go. Beautiful. So you know what? To get through this episode, I will, for the first time in the history of this podcast, actually go with you, and maybe you can hear this...
1: Oh, Oh, that was good.
0: That was good. This is a very shitty organic red wine. (laughs) (laughs) It is shitty, but it will get me drunk. So that's...
1: Then it's not shitty.
0: That's how we get through this fucking
1: episode. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it is actually Friday night. So (laughs) this is what you're (laughs) supposed to do on a Friday night. (laughs) Exactly. Get drunk, talk libertarianism, and... uh, Fantasize about freckles.
0: I truly. I, I this week I turned thirty, and I can really, I can really feel. Oh it, shit! Uh, Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Or yeah, my life is officially ended now. Yeah, you had a good run. Sorry, it's over. Like to be honest, I, everything after twenty seven is just a waste of waste of time, around.
1: Yeah, I feel like I've been uh, been uh, taking on the routine for a while now. I, I, I'm about ready for uh, retirement. And actually, I'm I am pretty retired right now, so that's good.
0: Yeah, you get your um, your studies done. Like, ready yeah. to retire, right?
1: I've got my education, so I've got what I needed. <laughs> <laughs> no need to pursue anything after that. <laughs>
0: just just plateau from here on out. Read uh, like crappy old novels from the fifties and compare them to children like to, like cartoony shows.
1: Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm dragging you along. For every step of the way. (laughs) Once this one's over, I look forward to Gravity's Rainbow. But
0: at least from what I've... Because I've read some of Gravity's Rainbow. Mm. And when I say I read it, I think I read (laughs) it. Like, do you really read Gravity's Rainbow or do you just...
1: I I don't know. I I read like uh, 30 pages. It's crazy, man. Alternatively, if that's too hardcore, we could just read Ulysses.
0: I get just a fucking fucking uh, stream of consciousness book uh, for, how long is that book? Like 900 pages? Oh, not more. That's that's short. Uh.
1: Well, dear listeners, you might be able to tell uh, we are stalling because very little <laughs> happens in both of these.
0: I, I feel like it's very on theme because mm. they are also just stalling until this yeah. chapter kind of fizzles out like as we as we talked about they've already accomplished everything they wanted to do they got the tracks made in and metal they want to make more train tracks in and metal
1: yeah the the immediate goal is completed and uh, apparently the entirety of america loves them now and everybody wants and metal yes and uh, i just want to note the big complaint from like the scientific community uh, that was damning uh, Riordan Metal in the eyes of the public. That statement didn't say that Riordan Metal wouldn't last for, for a train ride over a bridge. No. It didn't say that it wasn't strong now. The scientific community was worried that this metal hadn't been tested over the long run, over over heavy stress over extended periods of time and that this weird moist metal might break down on a molecular level and that is as much a risk now as it ever were.
0: But no 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 no. They wrote over the the train tracks once, so now they're perfect for the next
1: yes. four million years. The music swells and everything is good. Uh,
0: so we get like what the first half of the chapter or the first third of the chapter is just sex
1: scenes. Yeah basically should I just uh, deliver a quick uh, recap? I wrote a little tight tweet-length one. And, yes, uh, deliver. I'm about ready to deliver in a really uh, a presenter-like voice. Take it away. This time on Atlas Shrugged. Dagny and Hank go on a road trip. Their sexcation turns into a bit of a treasure hunt, and they find parts of a magic motor in an abandoned factory. Meanwhile, James is feeling sad because he is popular now, so he decides to not sleep with a teenager. All this and more in Chapter 9 of Atlas Shrugged. Oh, you should be like a hockey presenter.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow! And now the new single from Taylor Swift. Uh, the new f- t- single from Taylor
1: Swift is terrible. I haven't heard it yet. I'm dreading it.
0: Do you see, because controversial statement, maybe not.
1: I kind of liked the newer Taylor Swift. I liked. Uh, I liked 1989, the album. Really, exactly. Like that yeah. one. That one's good. There was like one or two good songs and the next one. Yeah, I haven't heard that a lot. Like,
0: no, it's 1989. That's the thing I like.
1: Yeah, that, that was a good record. Yes.
0: It came out with like, it was her and Carly Rae Jepsen that had that weird pop battle like around the same time.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Carly Rae Jepsen is coming back. Oh, is she? Yeah, that's coming a new album in like a few days.
0: I cannot wait. Honestly, for the new oh, album. Oh, I'm
1: looking forward to uh this is gonna get cut (laughs) i think
0: no it's not it's a night it's amazing it is way better than fucking this libertarian (laughs) bullshit (laughs) oh yeah
1: yes well uh let's describe a bit more yes
0: let's let's go for it um so what happens actually yeah we have the sex scene um they go on this like road trip Mm. uh on uh, the the train where they have multiple intercourses it seems um there's like the dynamic just keeps getting weirder and weirder to the point where hank at some point asks whether she has the bracelet still she still has a bracelet. He slaps it on her. Like it's sort of weird BDSM ownership
1: thing. It's. I mean, all of this is just straight Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes, it is. Uh, but I, basically, I would suggest just <laughs> saving all of the Hang and Dagny interactions, or most of them for just the wokeness section, because yeah. I feel like they belong there. It's just so much weird uh, power dynamic and. Uh, Control and submission and stuff,
0: and it's not not in a healthy way. But yeah, let's 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 get to that in the walk segment. So you know you have something coming there. Then we have a James taggart
1: episode, also weird.
0: Yes, where he kind of brings home a teenage girl that's very enamored with him because now when the Rio Norte line or the John Gold line,
1: but we can't call it. That Don't anymore. you dare say it. We not We
0: can't call it that anymore. Um, so, because it was a success, it can't be called the, the Jordan Gaunt Line anymore. So, uh, apparently this girl is enamored with James Taggart because he's now a success.
1: Yeah, and she basically thinks that he was the brains behind it all. And actually, she basically thinks that James is what uh, Dagny really is. Mm-hmm. So, actually... This teenage girl is crushing on Daphne. Technically, yeah. Without knowing it. So we were this close, this close to getting some uh, some proper, uh, proper lesbian action going, just <laughs> oh. <laughs> breaking up the monotony of, uh, of bad, straight relationships. See,
0: I have, a, I have a strange feeling that that will come to fruition at some point. It's <laughs> oh, nice. not just Daphne making love to a version of herself at some point in a dream sequence, that would not surprise me happening at some point. Yeah, actually, yeah. But this teenage girl mm. goes home with him and she keeps flirting with him and he keeps actually, like, putting her off.
1: Um, he's, he's enjoying just, uh, like, punishing her verbally. Just, uh um, railing against all these uh, things that she thinks he is.
0: Exactly. And he actually, like, throughout this chapter or, or like, part of the chapter with him, he's again surprisingly, sometimes surprisingly insightful uh, about his critique, mm-hmm. uh, about, like, how he criticizes, how the, like, market is structured and how we put way too much into the the, like... The private
1: ownership. Yeah, and, and materialism. Exactly. Turns out he's a spiritual guy. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And he's like, this is not all about the money, it's more about the yeah, spiritualism of things or the ideological side of things. See, yeah. Yeah, he,
1: and, he's such a strange guy because he's like the hero in any logical story and Yes. And uh, but he's all, all like every chance just uh, small things added to make him unlikable. But it doesn't really gel as a character because, I mean, he's just completely unbelievable. Yes,
0: because the book keeps saying, like, look at this character. Look how much of a, an idiot he is. Mm. And then he says all this stuff where you're like, no, that, that seems quite lucid, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. And again, then he, he doesn't want to have sex with this teenage girl for reasons we don't really get. But it seems like he, he, he at least has some, some thoughts about how it would be maybe improper maybe like it's, how am I not supposed to kind of feel for this guy <laughs> he has a he has a moron of a sister yeah and okay. he's he's in this company and, and trying to balance this company out with the other like forces at work within the industry and he's trying to balance it out and make regulations within a industry that runs amok like it's how you're not kind of supposed to feel for this guy
1: it's I, I I don't know. I mean, he he just completely changes all the time. But uh, I I don't know. We we find out he's good at roasting people. He should host like a Comedy Central roast show or something.
0: Yeah. Also because he seems to, at this point, just have given up on the entire thing and is just looking at this whole industry from the outside, almost laughing at it, like tragically,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like he's surprised he's still in the book. Exactly, his his heart is not in it, in any no. way. <laughs> it's like when you have an actor that clearly is just under contract and doesn't want to be in the show anymore. Yeah, he's a
0: guy feels like that, actually. He's just going literally by the book. And just
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ayn Rand, lady, you know that you don't have to do this, right? <laughs> But it, it's God no okay, is forcing you to put James Taggart in your book. I think
0: I think she wrote character arcs for all the characters before starting the book, and now she's committed to having all these characters <laughs> in the book. Because if she if she begins to strip out all the nonsensical plot, you would have a book that would maybe be 100 pages, 150 pages long. Like I think yeah. if you edit this book really tight, and I mean really tightly, I think there's actually something in here that could be edited down to a somewhat passable
1: novel. Yeah, like a, like a quick, silly uh, mystery about who, who, the, who John Galt is or something. I, yes. But we're still on no. We're still only like 25% of the way through. Mm-hmm. So we don't know how bad or how good it's going to get. No. It may turn out to be amazing all of a sudden.
0: Like maybe there, there comes a twist. We have still not learned who John Galt is. We have a few mentions of him in this chapter too like with the whole John Gaunt line, but also yeah. with Daphne and Hank whispering to each other,
1: who is John Gaunt? But, but better than that, we have the Viking pirate back.
0: Yes, at least that's a thing. We heard about him a few episodes back, and we kind of loved the idea of this like weird subplot of a Viking <laughs> character somewhere in like pseudo-Scandinavia, like running Rampage. And apparently we hear about him again just... Casually mentioned in, like, the newspaper,
1: right? Yeah, let's just get the entire sentence, the entire subplot of Ragnar Daneskjöld this time around.
0: A ship bound for the people's state of Norway with an emergency gift cargo of machine tools had been seized by
1: Ragnar Daneskjöld last night. Yes, that was the entire subplot. Yes. (laughs) Uh, the best sentence in the, <laughs> the chapter. <laughs>
0: and then some who is who's reading this again, I can't remember. I think it's James. Is it James? And he's kind of terrified by the prospect of this character and he then then he kind of like shoves it off. So it's just a it's just a like quick side story, but it could be like it could be that the entire third chapter of this book is just by Ragnar Danish golden
1: oh I hope so I hope so because much. that could
0: kind of be amazing that it has like a weird like Viking twist to it
1: yeah i'm I'm looking forward to that i i I'm gonna convince myself that that is what's gonna happen in part three and just believe it furiously to keep myself going into this book yes. It's gonna be a Viking story any day now about a crazy Viking with a magic motor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, the magic motor. So let's just get into like the last part of the chapter.
1: Yeah, that really is the important
0: part. Exactly, the last part of the chapter. Uh, Hank and Dagny visits a very poor family. Uh, also, the way they interact with this family is very like they have very like a very disgusting reaction to the way they. Very disgusted by them, or and it seems by the fact that they're
1: poor. Or well, they are living by an abandoned factory out of nowhere, mm-hmm. eating wilted cabbage and like being filthy. And and why, why are why why are they living in a in a, in a slum out of nowhere?
0: Yeah, we don't really. We don't really get that explained, other than the fact that maybe we're living in a post-apocalyptic dystopian nightmare.
1: Yeah, th- this is the big thing that, uh, that's that been, uh, been confusing me all book, because every description of America, both the big cities and the countryside, it's being described like completely grimy and dilapidated and uh, worn down and smashed up and tr- complete wasteland. And was, has there been a natural disaster, a civil, civil war? Did the Russians invade or something? It seems like America has just been completely wiped out by something.
0: But didn't we have that? Didn't we have that a few chapters ago, as far as I remember? We had that kind of, like, the whole Russian invasion thing. Maybe it kind of happened, like, off No, no,
1: uh, no we, there's not, <laughs> we've, we've not been told anything about why. It's, no? No. Okay, so it's a strange. It
0: it is very strange. So this family kind of like doesn't they? They want to find something, and I can't remember what now.
1: So they go to this family, and they. Yeah, well, the lovebirds, Dagny and Hank, or Dank, as the (laughs) couple's name would be. Perfect. They uh, have completed their character motivations and become successful, so therefore the workaholics are just driving around America in a car looking for trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are completely aimless as the entire plot is. And then uh, Dagny remembers, oh, shit, the guy that's going to build the diesel locomotives that are going to drive our trains, he uh, hasn't got any tools, mm-hmm. apparently. Uh, So she remembers, hey, there's an old uh, abandoned factory somewhere around here. Let's go check it out. And so they go there and there's just like an old family living there. And uh, I don't have much to say about that family because they are completely irrelevant to the plot. Yes. Is my impression. They may come back. They may be the big villain behind it all, but I doubt it.
0: But they seem to be there just for Daphne and Hank to be disgusted by them.
1: Yeah, well, as you're supposed to be by the lower classes.
0: Yeah, it must be like a class portrait. By the way, the thing in the background is the dog. So if you hear mm. slobbering and clawing, <laughs> it is just a, a great Dane looking at me
1: right sure. now. Sure. Yes. Let's say that.
0: Do you want to be on the podcast? You cannot be on the podcast. Go
1: away. Yes, yes, you can. Yes. Yes. You're a good dog. You're a good dog. <laughs>
0: Let's stay
1: again. Yes, of course. It
0: Go to your room. No. Okay. Morgan. Morgan. Go away. Go lie down. Go lie down. Good boy. And with that little uh, interruption handled.
1: Yes. All right, so they go to an abandoned factory, and there's nothing there except in uh, an old laboratory. Dagny uh, digs out a strange thing from a pile of junk, and she quickly determines that this is a magic motor.
0: It is. A, it is a motor that's run by static electricity, apparently.
1: All right, let's just uh, here's a quote. <laughs> The very scientific explanation. Those men long ago tried to invent a motor that would draw static electricity from the atmosphere, convert it, and create its own power as it went along. It's the greatest revolution in power motors since the internal combustion engine. Greater than that. A brand new locomotive, half the size of a single diesel unit, and with ten times the power... A self-generator working on a few drops of fuel with no limits to its energy. The cleanest, swiftest, cheapest means of motion ever devised. In other words, magic. So
0: right now, what you can hear in the background, it's phantom sounds of Elon Musk masturbating.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Holy! <laughs>
0: I can I can see him reading this book, loving it. By the way, and loving this particular
1: uh, like part of the book. Oh, I'm sure Elon is quite a randy. And by the <laughs> way, his name sounds like a character from Adelaide Shrugged. Elon Musk. Yes. Elon Musk, Balfew Bank, Oren Boyle, and uh, Wesley Mouch. Maybe he is John Galt. Wouldn't surprise me.
0: No. Maybe he thinks he's done gold, at least. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> so, yeah, they found this magical motor. It kind of annoys me in a way, uh, because up until this point, like the Reardon Metal sounded kind of magical, but at mm. the same time, it, they kept it somewhat pseudo scientific. But at this point, we're just going into Fairy tale Land.
1: Yeah, were, I mean, Reardon Metal was pretty out there but uh, I I think she feels like she has to top herself yes
0: So a magical motor and now we have to search for the character because they can't rebuild them themselves even though they have the motor and they have the plans for the motor (laughs) with them
1: some of it but not enough to rebuild it okay so uh, of course Dagny, as we know and presumably tolerate her says yes I'll find him the guy who made it. Mm-hmm. I, if I have to drop every other thing I'm doing, it's just so typical her. <laughs> She's just, oh, that's a new motivation. I'll just charge ahead in that direction.
0: But also, she is kind of done. Like, she she has a company. She, she built up her own version of the company. She's handing that over now back to her brother as they, like, sign, the, as they agree they would.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so her, again, her arc is kind of completed. So she has to do something now?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is, this is why I think it's like the like the big uh, setup for ne- the next part, because it is like giving her something to do f- moving forward. And I guess she has to find out who John Gold is sooner or later.
0: But also, if this was a TV series, it would be um, like Monster of the Week show.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this would just be like the, the next big thing.
1: <laughs> Magic Technology of the Week.
0: Exactly. Like the, the Deus Ex Magnet that's going to save them once again. Yeah. So that's about it for the chapter?
1: Yeah, I, I just have a little quote more than uh, uh-huh. where Hank imagines what the motor could do yes. now that we are on that point. An unlimited supply of energy with no fuel to pay for, except a few pennies worth to keep the converter going. That motor could have set the whole country in motion and on fire. It would have brought an electric light bulb into every home. An electric light bulb into every home. Yes, that's the vision. Is that the far-fetched, is that the big pie in the sky, the big... Yes, that's the vision. <laughs> I mean, was that unachievable in, in the 50s? Was that
0: Also, is is this is this on par for their characters? Because I know they're <laughs> fascinated by technology. But this project, uh, this product will actually make oil obsolete and their entire industry in a way right now obsolete. To the po- like how can they make money off of infinite energy?
1: It's this big uh, question mark uh, about, about this technology stuff because they had the same thing with Reardon Metal where he talked about, oh, you can buy pots and pans in the dime store of Reardon Metal and they will last for yes. generations and never have to be replaced. And I was just thinking, don't you know how, how economy works? If, if people just buy once and for a dime and generations goes by... The factory's not going to stay in business
0: and 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 here is the part where you can hear Phantom Tim Cook crying in the background because <laughs> planned obsolescence is now not a thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how are we going to sell more phones they're They're too perfect now they're made of red and metal
1: <laughs> an iPhone made of reared and metal and just on this point now we're at this yes here's another little thing uh that's kind of parallel to that that I just. I don't understand. So this is uh, Mr. Moe, a factory owner in Connecticut, who is was, who was worried that every single company is moving to Colorado. Mm-hmm. So I'll just read uh, a, a bunch of words here. Uh, a friend of mine went out of business last week, the oil business. Couldn't compete with Ellis Wyatt. It isn't fair. They ought to leave the little people a chance. They ought to place a limit on Wyatt's output. He shouldn't be allowed to produce so much that he'll swamp everybody else off the market. I got stuck in New York yesterday. Had to leave my car there and come home on a damn commuter's local. Couldn't get any gas for the car. They said there's a shortage of oil in the city. This does not make any sense. Uh-huh. How is there a gas shortage if wired oil is producing too much oil? Exactly. And if there is a gas shortage, how are the other oil companies going bankrupt?
0: I have no idea. And at the same time There's p-
1: clearly room in the market for more companies if there's a yes. shortage in New York.
0: Yes, and 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 this is just once again it proves that Iron Rand do not understand like basic economic theory. Uh, no. But, the, the, even, even the internal logic of this
1: thing doesn't hold up. It's on a paragraph level that's just contradicting itself. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> like from sentence to sentence. But
0: again, I've mentioned this before and I'll say it again. This kind of works as a satire. Yeah. Because if, if, this, if I knew that this entire book was a satire, I would be way more on point with it. Like,
1: it, it would be kind of on point. If only she had just written this and never written anything before or after. Mm-hmm. This would be one of the greatest satirical novels of all time.
0: Yes. And the whole, like, the way she presents a straw man's argument and the way you can see that presented today and people just unironically not getting it. Like, <laughs> if this was irony, like, kudos to her. It's a long-running joke. <laughs> yeah, it started becoming kind of unfunny when the whole world destabilized because of bullshit like this. But no, again, no, you
1: know. It's, it's a break joke. It's going to come back and be funny. It's, it's,
0: <laughs> it's going to be real funny when the next financial crisis hits in like oh, yeah. one and a half years.
1: We'll laugh with tears streaming out of our eyes. Yeah. At least at that uh, point. How, how did this podcast just become a <laughs> doomsday-prepping <laughs> It's I, like every every episode now we're just preparing for the downfall of civilization. Come on, that's just that's just living in this millennia, man. I guess. The plus, we're
0: reading Atlas Shrugged. If <laughs> yeah, we can't yeah. doomsday prep here, what the fuck is <laughs> a doomsday prep?
1: Fair point.
0: Ah, so in one and a half years, in that because this podcast is Danish. As many of you heard by our wonderful accents. So in one and a half years in Denmark, Rasmus Paludan, I guess, will be president of Denmark.
1: Yeah, I you know he'll be the, he's the light, light of the Danes, is that what he calls himself? <laughs> I guess he'll be a, a pope,
0: maybe? Can we just talk about that guy real quick? Is he satire? <laughs> is anything for real? Is he for real?
1: Is he, is he a real person? I think we can just conclude that satire doesn't exist anymore, maybe never existed. This is just a post-satirical, maybe
0: it started here with Iron Man. I don't know when it started, but shit ain't funny no more. (laughs) (laughs) He said, gulping red wine just to cope with the reality.
1: Well, cheers on uh, the ship of civilization going down.
0: Cheers to your audience. Maybe when this episode comes out, the whole world will be a barren hellscape. I don't know. I don't fucking know anymore.
1: By the time this episode comes out, we will be in the people's state of Denmark. People's state of... God fucking damn it. <laughs> right. Should we fraggle a bit to yes. keep the mood <laughs> <laughs> to get back
0: to life? Honestly, yes. That's the, that's the one, one light in my
1: week. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a it's a light one this time. Yes. Plot-wise as well. It's pretty easily uh, described. Should I do the voice again? Yes, take it away. This episode of Fraggle Rock. Gobo and Red stumble upon a treasure map, and since Red is a randy bastard, she insists that they don't tell anyone. But when they find out that the treasure is in the Gawk home, they need some help from the others. Together, they bring back the treasure, which is a music box. Check it out. Oh
0: yeah. Wow, that is pretty much the episode this time
1: around. Yeah, that's most of it. Beyond that, it's just a weird side story with Doc. Easily yeah. summarized. Uh, we still have this thing with Gobo and Red flirting, I guess.
0: It gets this... more, there's more and more attention going there. But in yeah. a nice way, especially compared to Atlas Rock.
1: Everything is nice compared <laughs> to Atlas Rock, but I do get what you're... Mean, uh, it it is a children's show, but uh, I don't know if you saw it that way. But uh, well, at the beginning, the two of them uh, have collected the postcard from Uncle Traveling Matt, and then uh, they land on a on a roller skate that Sprocket had on, mm-hmm. and they just roll through the caves. And the way it's shot, it looks uh, sexual. Maybe it is. It just looks like, a, I guess, what they call a flying fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, they land in a strange cave full of creepy spiders mm-hmm. where they find a treasure map. And if you're keeping track of the timeline here, the, the map was made a zillion squintillion days ago hmm. by a fraggle named Dwight. Kind of disappointed it wasn't Balth
0: Yeah, but Dwight could be a good... A Randian name.
1: Yeah, yeah. Dwight, Dwight Squintillion. Yeah, a Dwight Douchebag. Oh, yeah. Well, Red gets all uh, riled up at the thought of a million diamonds, which may be the treasure at the end of this map. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to share with anyone. She's still a very Ayn uh, Randish character.
0: But uh, the, all of the fraggles kind of get a bit... Capitalistic this time around, and that's new for the Fraggles, isn't it? They usually don't really care
1: about money. It's interesting because they really don't get what money is. Like this is what the uh, what they say, Boober. Hey Wembley, what are we going to do with all those diamonds? I don't know. Do they make nice skipping stones? So they the clearly don't have any. Uh, sense of uh, financial value, but they still just charge ahead trying to get diamonds.
0: Because they like the idea of
1: diamonds? Yeah, I guess so.
0: But again, they, they, like, they're living in a cave, so for them, diamonds wouldn't be like, a very unnormal. I think it could be normal for diamonds to appear in this yeah, universe.
1: I guess, but they're, they're shiny. Yeah. And they like shiny stuff. Yeah. So Red and Gobo go on a dangerous adventure... Uh, which takes them to the Gork Garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the map tells them to enter the Gork Castle. And they're too scared and run away and try to get the others to help them instead. And then they get the others to help them. So at night they go to the Gork Castle. It's locked, so they have to uh, like bounce on a very uh, elastic pie.
0: A pie of... Uh,
1: what is Peach it? Peach pie with garlic. Peach
0: pie with... That sounds so
1: fucking disgusting. I know. uh, I think I'm going to try it one day.
0: (laughs) But they they mentioned it several times. And they make the pie... So when you can see the fraggles jumping on the pie, they make it
1: look so disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, I have a good quote about that from the Gawk Kid. Mm -hmm. But that's going to come back in the awards section. Um, And as they bounce, Red says... Do we do that before or after we flap our arms and fly to the moon? I totally missed that. What? (laughs) And I guess she's just hankering for another flying fuck. Oh,
0: she's gotten a taste of what a flying fuck can be.
1: Oh, yeah. And she she wants more. Oh, and apropos, just weird uh, sexual uh, stuff hanging around. The Gog parents are clearly going off to screw. Hard how uh-huh, so oh, it's just the way they talk it's like oh are you coming to bed my snuggle bunny oh yes I'm coming uh-huh. to bed yeah. oh yeah it's just uh, very clear what's gonna happen
0: there but also leaving their kid out <laughs> like okay so so what is
1: the schedule of this yeah he has the same schedule as Daphne you had when she was a teenager <laughs> so he's... he's working all day and working all night <laughs> And of course, like, he's sleeping all through the night because... Like, yeah, because he's that insane. <laughs> exactly. He's just a reasonable gawk. Like, fucking poor poor
0: kid, man. Also, having to stay awake while the parents clearly fuck, I think this is, this is a panic reaction from him. Like, the moment yeah, yeah, he knows what's going on, he's just... He's
1: traumatized. He is traumatized. Okay, they, they retrieve the treasure chest from a hole in the wall in the gawk castle, some mm-hmm. chaos ensues, they escape. And they bring back the treasure chest and open it, and it turns out to be a music box playing a melody. Yes, and I would just note that this is the first time anybody starts singing in this episode. Also, it it uh, it mirrors the whole diamond thing because when
0: the music the music box is turning, the the metal rod in the music box is turning, it glistens like diamonds
1: oh right i didn't make that
0: connection yes
1: oh yeah right so so we have a nice ending there all the all the fraggles wake up and start singing along with the nice words la 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 Mm -hmm. Um, but i was disappointed we didn't get any songs this time around i hope they haven't cut those out Uh, we get a fucking badass like flute solo though oh yeah the jam session turns out that mookie blows a mean clarinet jesus christ
0: also like everything in this series is musically on point yeah <laughs> it's just it's like weirdly weirdly good for a fucking kids show they clearly had talented musicians doing this
1: yeah i mean that solo was fire
0: <laughs> yes it was it was fucking amazing
1: uh, so the the Fraggles are
0: clearly like musical <laughs> and enjoys being musical. So it's fitting that they get a
1: song as a treasure.
0: I also love this. I also love the fact that the Fraggles are way more insightful and cultural than any of the characters <laughs> in the fucking Battlestar universe.
1: Of course they are. The Fraggles—they're They're the most <laughs> cultured and uh, intelligent beings in um, existence. And as we fade out, Gobo puts his arm around Rich. Mm-hmm. The. It, it's it's Frackle Rock is also much more romantic than Atlas rock. Yes, it is. It's, it's, it has.
0: It feels genuine and way more human. Yeah. And that is weird because they're fucking.
1: Frackles? Out of the two, Frackle Rock is the one that's romantic, philosophical, uh, insightful about economy.
0: <laughs> I would say, if anything,. I've learned from this project, I've learned to appreciate Fraggle Rock.
1: Yeah. And I was
0: not expecting for that no. to be the case. Like, I was expecting for that to be the, the sweet little thing so you can get through <laughs> reading the chapter. But right now, it is the, it's the meat of, the, of this project. It, it,
1: it is heavier than I realized when I saw, saw it as a child. Yes. There's, there's layers to it. it it's, a, it's a genuinely good kid show. But, of course, we also have the duck plot, which is, as always, just bonkers. Yes. As always, duck is like an Ayn Rand character. Mm-hmm. And I suspect, well, this is my, my uh, uh, submission of uh, spotting this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when the magic motor was described, it sounded like a, like a duck contraption. It could v- very well, it could be. This is the phrasing. She could not understand the peculiar design of its parts or the functions they were intended to perform. Mm-hmm. She examined the tarnished tubes and art shaped connections. Really sounds like a dark machine.
0: You know what? It could be his. Uh, from a couple of episodes back, his weird torture device of a screw of a barrel scraper.
1: Maybe oh, the, yeah. that was just or, the thing she found. Or it could be his cassette player toaster. <laughs> <laughs>
0: fuck, fuck you know. Also, we have, we have uh, in the case of the dog and the sprocket, we have the animal abuse of the week, where he yeah. buys roller skates for
1: his fucking dog. And <laughs> just puts them on and lets the dog roll around like he's Tanya Harding or something. Yes.
0: And again, like, sprocket is, like, one of the best characters in this show. Yeah. Like,
1: fucking poor dog, man. Always a highlight and always getting abused by this yes. geriatric douchebag.
0: I hope the whole series ends with him just walking out on Doug or at least getting a
1: ven- like his vengeance at some point. Fingers crossed. So this is th- another animal abuse, uh, little uh, nugget. Mm-hmm. Doc says, what if it's filled with $20 bills, gold bars, sapphires the size of baseballs, what if it's filled with old steak bones? This makes Sprocket grab a hammer and furiously try to <laughs> smash his way into the treasure chest because the poor dog is clearly still being starved. Yes, and this is this is where I think we see
0: the first inklings of Sprocket just breaking now. Like his yeah. PTSD is has run amok. He's just beating with like shit with a hammer. Yeah, and I would not be surprised if the next episode. Is just him, like repeatedly beating Doc with a hammer. Just <laughs> his corpse being <laughs> mutilated. I would be okay
1: with that. Yes, he could build like a Doc puppet. He had it coming. Because uh, Doc, of course, talks about what fun they're having, and but Sprocket's desperation is clearly real. Yep, <laughs> he's not having fun at all. Nope. <laughs> and at the end. Sprocket, of course, still on his roller skates, just smashes into the treasure chest (laughs) and uh, bangs it open because they haven't been able to get this big treasure chest open. Um, And it turns out the key is inside. But I found that that to be a genuinely
0: fun joke because they put it (laughs) at the very end of the episode and you can see the actor of Doc pulling out this thing and they've clearly did multiple takes of this so he pulls out the key and was like it was here all along and you can see the actor like actually grinning he can't hold a straight face because it's such a dumb joke
1: it's also just such a mindfuck how did they lock the treasure chest without the key it's it's a it's a Schrodinger's key I don't fucking know yeah it's it's beautiful it's It's like a a physical manifestation of every paragraph of Atlas Shrugged. (laughs) (laughs) Why is this show so much better than this fucking book? So, uh, we haven't talked about this yet. We usually do the Fifty Shades. Yes. Um, I could not think of anything worthy. No, to be honest, it would just be a moist reading of more moistness like uh, yeah and i i don't feel like reading anything of, about dank no you know hey dank. Dank. they're just icky they're not they're not fun to read in a sexy way it's just disgusting yes so maybe extraordinarily we, we should skip the, the, the i, the I would be
0: okay with that like nothing really happens in this episode plus uh, speaking of extraordinary things, we have one chapter left and then we actually have a movie coming up.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So a special episode is coming up real soon.
1: That's going to be great.
0: I'm looking forward to just watching a movie instead of listening to this bullshit. But oh, yeah. as far as I've heard from you, like the movie is real bad.
1: It's a piece of art. It's, it's incomparable.
0: O- also, without... With us watching the movie, we have to go through the plot that you read, like, what, two, three times now, again.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm coming to like this plot.
0: (laughs) You have to see it again, just as a movie.
1: (laughs) It's it's only fair. I deserve it.
0: But maybe the canon thing will be, when we're done with this, that people should just watch the movies?
1: Yeah, 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 that's probably a good idea. Don't read this book. Yeah, fucking don't do it.
0: we'll do it now and I will have always read it
1: but yeah we, we are doing it so you don't have to. Exactly. And if you
0: like this book, uh, well fuck you
1: <laughs> you have
0: bad taste.
1: You' are listening to the wrong podcast
0: Yes or the right podcast because this is all the reasons why it is terrible.
1: Yeah, I, I think any, anybody that likes this book have stopped listening long ago.
0: Either, either that, or they're just like weirdly intrigued by this. And if you're out there, dear listener, please keep listening because this yeah. book is terrible, and we're gonna get you convinced
1: by going into a woke segment. Oh yeah! <laughs> this time it's all Dagny and Hank. All oh, Dagny and Hank.
0: So as we mentioned before, uh, they have a weird interaction with a with a bracelet made of weird metal.
1: <sighs> yeah, that's not even the worst. Okay, so this is the beginning of the chapter. It starts off just going off the rails. Dagny wakes up in a strange room, disoriented, following her sexual encounter with Riordan. And this is one of the first things she thinks. She saw a bruise above her elbow with dark beads that had been blood. Oh yeah, fucking forgot that. That's one
0: of the first things. (sighs) So how, like... How the how how did the bruises like did he just straight up beat her? I think so. How, how did she get bloody? But at least like have it be consensual. I, I think the big problem here with going it, into the whole 50 uh, shit's a great thing in the whole thing. Yeah. I think it seems weirdly non-consensual, and it seems that these two people, at least for Dakni are participating in something that she's like clearly not sexually experienced enough to go through. Also with him, like, he has this thing where he, he asks her about her previous partners.
1: Oh, yeah. In a
0: very jealous way where he's like, oh, who were you with besides me? He's just like, I only had one partner yeah, besides you.
1: He cannot handle it. And he can't handle it.
0: Like, it's, it's not a very responsible and adult ...reaction no. to something
1: like this. Dude, the lady is 35 years old. Of course she's... Yes. She is. yes. <laughs> and this and is his reaction. He twisted her arms behind her, holding her helpless. Her breasts pressed against him. She felt the pain running through her shoulders. She heard the anger in his words and the huskiness of pleasure in his voice... Who was he? Romantic. And again, this is coming... Like,
0: she is not allowed to have other partners or have had sex with other partners. This is coming from the guy who is fucking with someone that is not his wife. (laughs) 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 He is cheating on his wife (laughs) right now.
1: (sighs) But, I mean, it does seem like it's consensual. Dagny is always laughing and... uh, and smiling and uh, talking about how, how much she wants him. So,
0: I think, uh, but but it,
1: it switches back and forth a lot.
0: But uh, so uh, she she kind of knew Hank going way back, right?
1: Uh, a few years. I don't think it's that long, actually.
0: But isn't it? It's it's long enough of a time stretch for him to actually like he could have gaslighted her.
1: Oh, yeah. Actually, there's a really creepy quote here. Mm -hmm. It was the contrast he liked, the severity of her clothes, and the half-naked body, the railroad executive who was a woman he owned. He sat up. He sat leaning comfortably against the couch. His legs crossed and stretched forward, his hands in his pockets, looking at her with the glance of a property appraisal did you say you wanted a transcontinental track of and metal mr vice president he asked and he calls him mr vice president for mm-hmm. some reason
0: yeah no no, no. Yeah. it's all a power trip
1: man yeah what if i don't give it to you i can choose my customers now and demand any price i please if this were a year ago i would have demanded that you sleep with me in exchange i wish you had would you have done it of course, as a matter of business, as a sale, if you were the buyer, you would have liked that, wouldn't you?
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Now he is slow. He he has slowly been pushing her towards this new identity, making her question her own reality. I see clear signs of gaslighting here.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's he's been grooming her. Yes, and she's. Uh and she's used to it. She was groaned by Frisco Ranconia.
0: Exactly. So,
1: it's all so she a, has
0: a track record here, man.
1: Yeah, she has a, a, a taste in abusive men. Because we also, I just need to get this sentence out. Mm-hmm. If I am asked to name my proudest attainment, I will say I have slept with Hank Reardon, His dagny proud uh, overachiever, just giving everything up for the smelly uh, old D. Yes. She's say, slowly being depersonalized. Yeah.
0: And it is not fucking
1: healthy. She's saying, th- oh, of course it's healthy. I mean, haven't you ever had a healthy relationship where you said things like, you'll have me at any time you wish, anywhere, on any terms, and you may dispose of me as you please?
0: And again, this is coming from the character we got introduced as this very strong, supposedly very strong female (laughs) who can take care of not only herself, but an entire company and who like worked her way through this. Also, isn't it kind of out of character? Like all the way up until this point, she's been a quote unquote woman in a man's world Mm. and she's been doing it on the like... Man's terms, and she's been fighting her way through it and working her way up from the bottom, even though she kind of like inherited the company, but uh, whatever. What but she worked <laughs> all the way from the bottom, and now she's here. And like Drake, she is like the, the past equivalent of Drake. and now she's here. And the way she now succeeds is by just fucking this guy.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like the reverse. Yes. Because usually the, the cliche is that the woman has to sleep with some, some high-up guy to get her foot in the door mm-hmm. and then she can uh, prove herself. Dagen has proved herself and then just gives it all up to sleep with some abusive older guy. Yes. Uh, Who clearly hates women, by the way. Yeah, I mean if you've met Dagny I, 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 <laughs> I don't blame him
0: no, no he has this weird like isn't it called like Electra complex if we get into like the oh, weird
1: oh yeah the,
0: the freudian funny. side of things
1: but he's also just an asshole he asks her what is the earliest train running to philadelphia tomorrow morning and she she says 5:30 uh, f- a.m. is the first one i think Will you wake me up in time to make it, or would you rather order the train held up for me? Dude, just take the next train, then. Yep. <laughs> make the train wait for you? No. Magnificent asshole. <laughs> like he, has, he has power issues. Oh, yeah.
0: So if I'm looking forward to anything, it is like Hank Reardon's wife discovering this affair. And just oh, being savvy good. as shit about it. I I hope she rips everything apart.
1: Yeah, she's going to go all the, the room on him. Yes. That's pretty much all I have for the woke section, except for one uh, longer quote. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, do you have anything?
0: No, no, I think I've about had my spell.
1: I'll just do a little reading, a mini reading here. To close out the section... I'll lean back and enjoy it. ...where Hank gives the most romantic speech ever. Uh Uh-huh. The hearts are melting. It's beautiful. Roses are spontaneously sprouting from the ground. Listen up. Uh Uh-huh. What I feel for you is contempt. But it's nothing compared to the contempt I feel for myself. I don't love you. I've never loved anyone I wanted you from the first moment I saw you. I wanted you as one wants a whore, for the same reason and purpose. I spent two years damning myself because I thought you were above a desire of this kind. You're not. You're as vile an animal as I am. I should loathe my discovering it. I don't. Yesterday I would have killed anyone who would tell me that you were capable of doing what I have had you do. Today I would give my life not to let it be otherwise. Not to have you be anything but the bitch you are. All the greatness that I saw in you, I would not take it in exchange for the obscenity of your talent at an animal sensation of pleasure. We were two great beings, you and I, proud of our strength, weren't we? Well, this is all that's left of us, and I want no self-deception about it.
0: And that is clearly an expression of what is called the Madonna Whore Complex.
1: Yes, my thoughts exactly. But she just laughs, and they admit that all they've ever been is thirsty for each other's swimsuit areas, and they're going to have a secret affair now. But that that just isn't right, because the quote-unquote
0: affair started out by a meeting of minds. Yeah. And I seem to remember that the sexual part just came kind of out of nowhere. Like, she was more enamored with his mind. And with I his think,
1: talents. Uh, suddenly they
0: discovered that they were just horny. But I thought this was kind of a, like a house of cards situation where there, it was just them against the world and they just wanted to rip the world apart.
1: But not really? Oh, it's more of a Fifty Shades situation in that it's uh, it's an unhealthy version of a sadomasochistic yes. relationship.
0: And, and if anything, you are the... Fifty Shades is a great expert here. I read the <laughs> oh, <yeah>. third book.
1: <laughs> and I've seen the first movie, so I'm...
0: Uh, Jesus Christ, man. I'm an I've expert. read like two pages of that bullshit.
1: I read it in a Danish translation, and I have I have, I have a weird feeling that it, that the translator couldn't help but just patching up some bad sentences. <laughs> I mean? think it's, it's like an edited version, probably. That person must have done that. like You can't live with yourself otherwise, I think.
0: Because I imagine if you're a translator, especially in Denmark, you must have like a longer education of some sort. Like you must be educated from a university or something like that. And you can just not look at this bullshit without wanting to claw (laughs) (laughs) your
1: Yeah. Well, let's wash all this nonsense away and just do a little awards section. Let's go for it.
0: So the most uh, Fracklian sent No, the most Fracklian.
1: Yeah, the most Fracklian sentence in yes. Atlas Shrugged. And I didn't have a whole lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and likewise, the other way, they didn't... Funnily enough, because they both had a treasure hunt and they both had like a secret love affair and all that stuff. The plot lines were very similar, but the, the phrasings were not that compatible. So here's what I got. Mm-hmm. You've had a tough time, but you've licked them all, so you ought to enjoy yourself now. <laughs> yes. That's the girl uh, that James Taggart brings home. Mm-hmm. And uh, what right has anybody to think he's good? Nobody's any good with a companion. Mm-hmm. If a man is unhappy, really, truly unhappy, it means that he's a superior sort of person. It could be Booba.
0: Yeah, it could be, actually.
1: But it's James Taggart. Uh, and finally, the actual quality one. Mm-hmm. Take it away. I am talking about a hunger for something much beyond that bridge, because Fragility does the bridges.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 that's a good one. Yeah, I found one at last. Oh, clear, clearly, the winner. That's a that's a deep cut. I
1: like it. Uh, I saved that for last. Yeah. Okay, most reindian So, Duck uh, possesses and innate ability bordering on genius. Mm-hmm. And he says, that trunk comes from a time when they really build things to last. And that nostalgia is also uh, yeah, 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 seen yeah, yeah. in Rand. Duck is all around pretty much a Rand character. Yes, he
0: is. He's clearly the link in the human universe or human side of things.
1: Yeah, so, so, so he's, um, he's usually a good provider of uh, Randian nonsense. Because he is an entrepreneur, he's a man who's building something and making something of himself. Mm-hmm. He runs the motor of the world from his garage.
0: And really, we all know that it's the dog.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's the genius. Yes. Rocket for life. Mm-hmm. So, um, traveling Matt goes on a yes. very uh, unrandian uh, thing. Yes, I know. He finds a fountain where a guy throws a coin in and he actually has a conversation with a human being, which is, wow.
0: Yeah, so now they, they can just see him. Yeah. We've just established that, finally.
1: We, we've we confirmed that freckles just exist in the human world and it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've just been following a weird cult that's secluded. But if
0: that's the case, why are they hiding from Doc?
1: Because they don't know, you know... Uh, a thing blocked the entrance, uh-huh. so this is just a colony of Fraggles that has been inbreeding and stuck behind a, a thing for ages, and they've forgotten that Fraggles are just regular things we, going around in the world. We're sure the Fraggles aren't actually roaches. I mean, they I, they probably mutated from roaches. Uh-huh. It's probably a Hiroshima situation. It's basically like a roach with a bongo. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And fucking badass flute skills. Oh,
1: yes. So lips. I guess they have lips. <laughs> well, this is what Matt says For months now, I've been collecting this stuff that is called money, but I've never known what to do with it. Now, at last, I know you throw it into fountains. So it's not Randy, but it's almost Randy. Yeah, also it's like you, something a Randian villain would say.
0: <laughs> it's something either a Randian villain would say, or if you exchange fountains for train tracks, it <laughs> could be something Dacny really says.
1: And I will just remind you that uh, the first Ayn Rand book was called The Fountain Hit. So Oh. Oh. Um Alright. Three from Gobo. Uh-huh. ranging from randian to least randian to randian again. Uh-huh. In a minute, we may all be rich.
0: That is very randian.
1: Yeah, and this is very unrandian. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do it alone. We can get help.
0: <laughs> that is very
1: un Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, and he's un-randian again, sorry. Mm-hmm. Come on, we've got to share this with everyone.
0: <laughs> also, don't they kind of, Exit the entire episode with them concluding that money doesn't matter at all.
1: Yeah, basically. Because they never knew what to do with the diamonds. Even Red wanted to use them as skipping stones, we find out. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, I want to live in Fraggle Rock. They have like a post-money society, almost like Star Trek. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, It's like Star Trek Underground. Don't they have money in Star Trek? No, they have replicators. That's
0: right, actually. Yeah, but I always assumed it was like only because they were living on the ship, so it was part of their payment to just have food served to them.
1: No, that, that, that's how uh, the world progressed. They invented replicators, so they could just make the things they needed, and they don't, they didn't need money anymore, and oh. that just solved the problem. <laughs>
0: Because I have actually recently started getting into Star Trek uh, by seeing the
1: new series, like the Discovery series. Oh, don't do that. Don't <laughs> do that. See, I,
0: I know Star Trek. like tend to hate It's
1: that. just stupid nonsense. It's like uh, trying to get into classic literature and reading Atlas Shrugged.
0: Which is kind of what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, so, uh,
1: yeah. Well, to take a... The next generation. Or oh, I, I personally really like uh, Deep Space Nine. Yes, I've heard from a lot of people that's the that's the It's the deep cut. dark and morally grey, and really philosophical, and uh, and goes into a lot of deep story elements. And it, and it's basically like a, a modern TV series just made in the eighties, nineties. So it has season-long arcs and deep mythology and all this stuff. But they they were just way ahead of their time. That's a wild siren in the background. Wow. The police is coming now. <sighs> Can't talk more about Star Trek. Shit. Well... well then, uh, then, then, okay, then, <laughs> so that, let's get...
0: <laughs> I love that we're just going... <laughs> we're just so bored with this fucking <laughs> chapter, though. We're just going on, talking about any, anything <laughs> else than this. this. Okay, so... <laughs> Sorry, dear listener, but this is probably what's going to happen during this podcast, is that we have to slog <laughs> through this by just talking about anything else than Atlas Shrugged.
1: Well, to keep our sanity. All right, so most yep. Randian sentence. Mm-hmm. An innate ability bordering on genius. The trunk yes. comes from a time that when they really built things to last. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a minute, we may all be rich. Those are the three actually Randian.
0: I think the, the trunk comes from a time. I kind of appreciate that, and I also noticed that myself.
1: Let's go with that. All right, best sentence. I am straight up mm, almost out of wine. Uh, That's uh, never a good sign. Nope. All right, I'm just uh, throwing out some uh, best sentences here. I am so low that I would exchange the greatest sight of beauty in the world for the sight of your figure in the cab of a railroad engine. Dagny says,
0: Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Uh-huh? She's a hard, insensitive woman who spends her life building tracks and bridges, not for any great ideal, but only because that's what she enjoys doing. If she enjoys it, what is there to admire about her doing it? And that's her brother, that's James, right? Yeah, and it's really the final part that, uh, that is the, the, the beautiful sentence. If she enjoys it, what is there to mm-hmm. admire about her doing it? Which, what?
0: Yep, so, like, but this, this universe clearly states that you can't
1: have fun. Yeah, this is just for fun. Mm-hmm. We've done a similar one before, but I forget. Hank remained silent. When he spoke again, his voice was gay
0: oh yeah the gay
1: that's uh, <laughs> always
0: fun yes it's always fun to go to go back and notice that word and like old
1: notes. yeah she really likes the words gay and queer and completely uh,
0: <laughs> which is wonderful because uh, she is one of the least queer writers i can think
1: of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, mr Mowen says he had believed it as he believed any words he heard or spoke As sounds that bore no fixed relation to physical reality. Yes. This is gibberish, as everything from Mr. Moen is. But I appreciate it. Yeah. Everything that could move had moved away, but some human beings had remained. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (sighs) In three years, you'll ride your own metal into San Francisco. Uh I like the phrase ride your own metal ride your own metal I need I need
0: for the next chapter the next parts of chapters like the next part of the book Mm. to have Daphne and Hank clashing hard I need them to split up I need it to be like crazy and I need them to be
1: the competitors at some point just dueling to the death yes this is very indicative of the way Dagny thinks. Mm-hmm. She looks at, at some, uh, some ground. That's good soil. Look at the way things grow. I'll clear that brush and build uh, a... The sentence is cut off, but her yes. first thought when she sees something grow is like, ah. Yeah, let's nuke it. That's, that's good. That's good. Let's remove that's, it and build something. Uh-huh. She's like, uh, she's like Donald Trump in that way.
0: I also imagine Donald Trump reading this book liking mm. it a lot.
1: If only he could
0: read. If only he could. he may, Maybe he could have someone summarize the book to him, mm. like a tweet.
1: Yeah, yeah. He could listen to the audiobook as he falls asleep instead of Fox News.
0: He's not listening to an audiobook. We both know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: uh the popcorn wrappers and the whiskey bottle testified to the kind of invading hordes that had rolled through the room like waves washing the remnants of destruction away to unknown bottoms so overwritten yeah again
0: i like this at least because, for a sentence
1: starting with popcorn
0: because, yeah, exactly this is just like word masturbation oh yes and that's just like that's just
1: rand yes so the final one of these many if one were ever to see a man devoid of greed, thought Daphne. there he was. Mind you, this is the bad thing in this universe. <laughs> exactly. She's like seeing the could... poorest, most most run down persons you can and Oh my god, he's not even greedy. He's not even greedy.
0: See, I like that <laughs> sentence or the popcorn sentence because it mm. just doesn't make sense.
1: Let's go with a popcorn. It's yeah. It's so so classic Rand. Mm-hmm. All right, three to four fragile sentences. Yes, go fire. First, a little piece of dialogue between Red and Gobo. Let's move it, Captain Danger. After you, major disaster. Oh And the Gork says, "Peach pie with garlic." Oh boy, the Queen of the Universe is an okay mommy. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And finally, Booba says. I'm too high, damn hippie freckles.
0: Boom, yes, we got it there. Because Boober is too damn high. (laughs) Yeah. I cannot imagine watching this show
1: being extremely inebriated. Or on some weird drug. Yeah.
0: I think, if anything, this is a very good mushroom show. Uh, Yeah, maybe, Or maybe it reveals itself as the
1: dystopian nightmare it always was. Maybe it's a good cocaine show.
0: It could be a good... No, you know what a good cocaine show is. Listening to 60 hours of an audiobook. <laughs> <program. laughs>
1: no, but you, imagining, imagine watching Doc's inventions on co- cocaine. You probably just think, oh shit, that's a good idea. I'm going to scrape the bottom of a barrel right now. But, but first got to clean this room.
0: You, we both know that there has been a situation where somebody has been naked in a bathroom listening to 60 hours of the audiobook of atlas shrug just like going all over the place going, yes yes this is a good idea this is a good idea yes take it in
1: like just doing rails and masturbating
0: i am pretty sure that's how the book was written in the
1: first place <laughs> yes okay so i'm too high winner Yes. Um, best character. I, I, I'm I, drawing a blank here. I d- didn't really think there were any standouts this time around. Mm, the music box? Yeah, I guess you could call that a character. Sprocket is an auto-nomination. Um, the Gorkson.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say, like, we finally get him fleshed out a bit for the
1: mm. broken character he is. Maybe it's time to give the Goxon some, some uh some I could say
0: like because sweet. the Goxon tries to appreciate his mother and his family but they're clearly treating him like shit.
1: Yeah, he's uh, from an abusive
0: household. Exactly. So if the, if there's anything if there's any like headline to be read from all of this like the entire episode today it's just abusive relationships.
1: Yeah, treasure hunt and abusive relationships that's kind of the yeah. Through line.
0: So I, I would be alright with us nominating the Gorkson. Yeah,
1: let's give him a, a prize. Mm-hmm. And in Atlas Shrugged, I really don't know either. Cheryl Brooks, the girl that James brings home. She's just a bit too basic. Yeah.
0: I could be alright giving it to James Taggart Just because he's just he's he just checked out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah, let's give him that. Cause uh we didn't get around to that, but i since he is winning, I will just Give him a word here mm-hmm. of roasting, just fucking roasting several minor characters. Take it away. He describes Orrin Boyle, who, for once, is someone who isn't sickly thin, a fat slob that's inclined to overreach himself, a smart guy who gets too smart at times, and he goes at Scudder of the Future, and a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. No comment from. Bertram from Scudder, who's never known to shut his trap from the day he was born, about anything you ask him or don't ask, Abyssian poetry or the state of the ladies' restrooms in the textile industry. See, again, I appreciate this. I appreciate
0: the, the like the sassy nature of. All yeah, that.
1: but on the other hand, he does do something uh, unforgivable, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is uh, slam Betty Pope. Yes. Who is a goddamn delight and deserves your respect. Mm-hmm. He had admitted to himself that she was a much better person than Betty Pope, perhaps the best person ever offered to him. The admission left him indifferent. He felt no more than he had felt for Betty Pope. He felt nothing. You better feel something for yeah. Betty Pope. She is. Her big love is shish kebab, and she has a better grasp on economics than I Rand ever will. She is a delight. Exactly. He's a treasure and savage as fuck. So, on second thought, I don't think we should give James Tackett a prize. No. I nominate Betty Pope or Ragnar Dennis yes. <laughs> you, we could We could
0: actually nominate Ragnar Dennis Gold Yeah, because he's part of the chapter.
1: <laughs> so, should we just give it to him? Yes, we can do that. All right, <laughs> that's
0: settled then. We also, like, we anticipated his comeback,
1: so... Yeah, and uh, finally he's back. The best character. Mm-hmm. So, uh, finally, some trashy advice. Mm-hmm. I have one for each, uh, because sadly we didn't get any trash sheep.
0: No, I'm always sad we don't get her, but
1: um, we
0: have clear winners then, I guess. So I mean,
1: one of them is uh, not an, really a piece of advice, that's the Atlas Shrugged one, but it just sounds like something the trash heap would say. But I'll start with the duck, uh-huh. giving some trashy advice. Mm-hmm. Any luck can be opened with a piece of bent wire, some chewing gum, a soda cracker, and an innate ability bordering on genius. Mm-hmm. Sadly, he doesn't have a cracker. I guess that's why he doesn't get the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the luck open. I like that. That's a that's a trash heap thing to yeah. say. And this is Mr. Mo the factory owner who's just watching his uh, neighbor factory close and move to Colorado. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks it's great. That's all you hear anywhere you go. People are slap-happy, making plans like six-year-olds on a vacation. You'd think it was a national honeymoon of some kind or a permanent 4th of July.
0: Also, didn't he just summarize... Like, the entire character arc of
1: Dagny. I guess, yeah. (laughs)
0: but Didn't he just rip apart, like, the way they're acting economically around? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Making plans like six-year-olds on a vacation.
0: Exactly. (laughs) What? That is exactly what they're fucking doing. That is savage as fuck.
1: (laughs) Maybe that should have been best phrase.
0: (laughs) Yes, it should have. Maybe best character, for just ripping the thing apart. Uh, that, that, that's some pretty good trashy advice yeah so it, it's insightful so we finally
1: made <sighs> we it made it through
0: to the end After of the episode only
1: uh way too oh shit way too long time
0: and i'm only like half drunk in wine
1: yeah you need another bottle yeah and this this cider tastes good but it's only two percent so i'm not even uh even sip, sip.
0: I am. I am in fourteen percent. And again, it's organic red wine, so there's a good chance it will make me very hungover.
1: Ooh, nice. I have a uh, half a bottle of whiskey standing nearby, so I have an um, emergency exit. <laughs> yes.
0: <It's> spoken. <laughs> spoken like a true hero <laughs> of the society. <laughs> I just need
1: some popcorn wrappers.
0: Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess on that note, let's uh, let's leave. Yeah. It out. No, we need
1: one thing more—an episode title.
0: Yes, we need an episode title. Hmm. We cannot go with a moist episode title.
1: Mm, did we have something good from a quote we didn't use?
0: I think. I think the quote like uh, like a bunch of six year olds.
1: Yeah. Not not peach pie with garlic. A
0: pe- either a peach pie with garlic or. Like a bunch of six-year-olds on a honeymoon.
1: (laughs) Making plans like six-year-olds on a vacation.
0: There you go. No, it's going to be called the Viking pirate is back! All
1: right, that's settled.
0: (laughs) Or you can call it a ship bound for the people's state of Norway with an emergency gift of cargo of machine tools had been seized by Ragnar Uh Danischkjord last night. It's up to you. Either that or the Viking pirates
1: Okay. Goodbye. Bye bye. This podcast is produced by Monegale Media, a small and independent Danish media collective. If you want to learn more about this podcast and our other projects, visit our website at dk. That is, Monegale, with two A's up front, .dk. At the moment, most of our stuff is in Danish, but we are looking to expand our selection in English in the future. So, you know, stay tuned. To the madness. <laughs>